welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your host and licensed funeral director, Victor Rubio. Hello and welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. I'm your host and licensed funeral director, Victor Rubio, and today we are here to discuss the season three finale of Six Feet Under, titled... I'm sorry, I'm lost. Uh, today, I'm here with Jillian of uh, how do I featuring of the nitpicking nitpicking the next next generation podcast. How do I? <laughs> That's probably the best. I'm, I'm basically I'm one of those people who's not creative enough on my own. I have to go and, and you know work off of other people's creativity. So I'm just like you know a, a guest about on right. various people's podcasts what's, that aren't mine <laughs> wait what's that word when you just kind of go around not a menacer um oh i hope i'm not a menacer no no what's the word that you you kind of just you're you're like for hire oh god what's the word a mercenary there you go i was okay. close enough All you're right. a mercenary jillian left the mercenary <laughs> Yes, uh, I guess I me. should. I should give a quick update uh the storm came and went past uh south florida me and natalie were okay uh, all we had was bait and the, the delay why we're, we're two weeks out of schedule is, uh, I had no power for a week. And then like I was telling, uh, Jillian that, oh, you think, oh, I don't have power. That's fine. I'll just record. And oh wait, I don't have internet either. Um, <laughs> so everyone's okay. Everything's fine. Natalie's fine. And finally we're here closing out season three. Uh, I was telling Jillian off air, how I got kind of hooked up with her was, uh, uh, as you know, Neil, who hosts uh, Nitpicking, the Next Generation podcast, um, a fan had told me, get Jillian, she's great on that podcast, and just so happens you are a Six Feet Under fan, yes? Yes, I am. Or or did you like, you, you've watched it before, right? Because now, now I'm going through our emails a while ago when you kind of... Right, I had watched the first, like one and a half seasons and really enjoyed it. And then um, I was back in school and doing a bunch of other things. So I kind of put it aside right. uh, and didn't get around to picking it back up. And then when you reached out to me, I was like, I really do want to talk about this. So I guess I'd better hurry the hell up <laughs> and watch the rest of them uh, uh. so that I can, you know, go in and pretend like I know things. Um, so, so I caught up real fast. Um, nothing like, pounding through a whole right, bunch of right. episodes of something really intense all at once let me tell you <laughs> yeah and, and you know what's funny about that i, I kind of say in this now that we're in 2017 and uh i kind of think shows like that were made and i've said this so many times on here shows like this i think they were meant they weren't meant for binging like they were no. meant to like watch and just let it sit there for a week and then yes. you pick up whereas uh, my biggest example is breaking bed cuz i mean literally one episode ends and it continues the next and that was made for you know you have a weekend with nothing to do just pile through it uh yep. that being said since you you've done the rewatch recently to my memory this is as dark as this show gets the episode prior and this episode like we are really down in the like emotional slums is that fair to say I do think so, yeah. Re regardless of, of what uh, Natalicious initially thought. <laughs> yeah, this is a really, really dark point um, in the show as a whole. I, I totally agree. I mean, with them not knowing what, what became of Lisa and, right. and all that going on, it's, it's, it's rough. It's definitely rough. 
I absolutely love you're calling her Natalicious and not Natalie. And you are not allowed to call her Natalie from now on. If you bring her back up again, it's only Natalicious. That is I promise great. I will never refer to her as anything else. I don't even use Snapchat. So. <laughs> my girlfriend calls her natalicious too and like she's actually <laughs> friends with her like <laughs> oh man that's hilarious uh okay so i guess we could get into the episode all right so this uh season three finale and like i like you you know we were just saying i think last week's episode even just um no nah, 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 not last week i guess the last episode just the way nate was hysterical sobbing you know, snot coming out of his nose uh, uh, at the bathroom. Wow, I just, <laughs> I'm just kind of like reliving it in my mind. Uh, so this death capsule opens up, and uh, this is sort of... Oh, uh, I guess let me preface a lot what I'm going to say too is uh, Alan Ball did a commentary on this mm-hmm. episode. So there's a lot of little stuff that, you know, you, you sort of get when, when they do these commentaries. Uh, this here, you know, kind of starts out with... Uh, the, the, the father and the little girl releasing the pigeon. I don't think it's mm-hmm. a dove. Um, bird. Th- bird. There you go. <laughs> a mammal. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, uh, I guess you could call it like the chaos theory. Like a butterfly flaps its wings yeah. and it's known to cause, a, ironically, a hurricane, whatever. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on this? Because, I mean, this really routes a few different ways. Um I guess, let, let me ask you too, did you notice who the gas station clerk was? I did not notice who the gas did station clerk was. Did you ever see was. Borat? If you really? Didn't see... It's Sasha Baron Cohen? You saw it or no? Borat? Yes, I saw Borat. Yeah, remember his friend Azamat? They go through the whole na- the hot lobby together oh. naked. <laughs> as soon as you get out, it's, oh, it's Azamat. Right. You know, yeah. it's funny because I, I, I did think he looked familiar. Right, right. It's like, yeah, you know, it's probably just, you know, one of those guys that's like around Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just you know? we see him everywhere. Um, uh, but yeah, now that you mention it, and like mm-hmm. they do that whole awkward wrestling thing. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally okay. down for just switching up and just talking Borat the rest of this episode. <laughs> I love Borat. <laughs> and I'm just thinking of them chasing each other through the hallways and everything naked. Um, I, I guess we all think the same thing too, right? When I'm going to call him Azimat, this despite I know that's not his name. When he's yeah. sort of cleaning up the bathroom, like that's the death you think is going to happen, right? Right, right. And yeah. We see he gets a phone call. He calls his wife, and oh, okay. Ash, it's a blue ice. Have you ever heard of this? I have never heard of this. Never yeah. heard of it. It's a nasty way to go. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's nasty, and yet, like somehow, this whole death capsule feels really strangely comical well part of that is the music and Mm -hmm. i've said it since it's since since i started the podcast is there's always every once in a while you get a hint of uh, american beauty and i thought the music was so american beauty and Mm. then when i listened to the commentary alan ball said it's the same he said it what i forget forget his name but it's the same composer who did american beauty just a lot of those like happy chimes and bells and whatnot you know which just adds yeah that whole you know like you said that whole comic element to it right Um, oh yeah just crazy the way it ends and i think the staging too like the way the the way they direct it i say staging because i'm an ex-theater person but the the direction is really what Uh i mean 
Um, you know, just the the way we see Anahid walking back and forth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the windows, and then all of a sudden, ka-chunk. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's, this, there's something of the absurd in that yeah. that also, you know, makes it strangely comical. And, and and there's also, too, like, this basically, it's kind of messy, but this beautiful kitchen. Like, this is, like, the most American, like, there should be an apple pie on, on the windowsill. It's just so, like, nice outside, the backyards. And, and then, like you yeah. said, just boom, this, this <laughs> rock comes. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, kind of like Six Feet Under does, though, right? Like, just totally going to flip something totally normal in there, dead. Right, <laughs> right. And, you know, I, I did find myself kind of wondering, like... They must have family money or something because how would a guy who's who runs a gas station <laughs> That's a great for a living <laughs> have that gorgeous suburban house with a huge kitchen? I'm like, I would love that kitchen. Right, right. <laughs> I don't have I mean, that kitchen. Even if you... in 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 Southern California <laughs> yeah. of all places. A great point. And our episode starts out. Um, Nate obviously still reeling from not knowing where Lisa is, and. You know, this episode starts out with George calling a, a family meeting for all the fishers of sorts. I guess I guess where I'm starting is the fact that they're announcing their marriage. Like, while that's... Let me start here. Do you have a problem with them be- getting married in the middle of this? I do. Okay. I do. Yeah. Um I mean, I have I have a problem with them getting married. Period. To no, be honest, I, I just skated um, past that one. But yes, <laughs> yeah. But but the timing really is like a, an extra fuck you to everybody. It really, you know, is. Um, they're just it's so. I don't know if you know the term tone deaf. Yeah, like yeah. everyone around them is having the worst possible time, mm-hmm. and they're off in their little cloud nine having only met six weeks prior, and they're like, yes, and now we're getting married. And it's just like, really? (laughs) (laughs) This is is really not the appropriate time, not the appropriate way to tell anybody. There's just no way that this is appropriate. It's not even appropriate for each other because you've known each other six weeks. Right, right. I'll tell you what, like, the more I thought about it, and this is just something where it's like, you know, like you set up your, your living room perfect and if you stare at it long enough, you just start rearranging everything where you're like, oh no, this needs to go here. I, 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 I talked myself into being okay with them getting married. What I was not okay with was that they expected everyone to be there. Mm. Like if you need to if you need to celebrate your love and it's that strong, fine, right? Yeah. But how can you expect everyone, how can you expect Nate or anyone else here yeah, like, drop everything. And I yeah, yeah. and I want to be there by your, you know, to watch you get married. That's where I was kind of like, ah, that's that's where it's. And you know, I feel like if you're calling a meeting at 4 a.m., it can't be about anything good. Like just the timing too cuz you know, it's all in the middle of the night and all of that. Um yeah, just yeah. just really really odd. Uh when when this whole, you know, morning meeting uh, uh disperses, Claire and David they're talking and then Claire goes upstairs with her coffee cup and then David has a comment of, you know, uh, uh, he says something like, oh, can you bring back your coffee cup? Everyone keeps leaving them. It was shot in a way where it's like really up close on his profile and, and all that. Do you have anything as to why he said that? Did, that, did <laughs> you, you? You know, it's so funny because I have in my notes <laughs> that I have no idea why they included there. It feels like it has some deep meaning. There's a fade to white. And I was going to ask you <laughs> what you thought. Because I was like, 
that's a really strange... I'm sure there's something deep here, and I am just not smart enough to catch it. <laughs> and I'm with you, because that's... Again, I, I do my notes like the first time around, and I just kind of just jot down exactly what, what, what like my gut reaction is. So on the commentary... Alan Ball just made it sound like total, like, you were obviously supposed to pick up on this. It's just that everyone keeps leaving. And I don't even necessarily get that. Uh, let's have Lisa leaving, Claire staying, David stay. Like, I don't I don't know wh- what he meant by that, but he's like, you know, and he said something of one of those terms, imagery or subtle, and that everyone keeps leaving. I'm hmm. with you. The way it was shot, I was, you know, that sounded like looked like it was supposed to mean something uh i got nothing though i'm with you (laughs) yeah i thought it was really strange but i actually wanted to backtrack to something that you didn't mention that i thought was uh, was kind of important for claire Mm -hmm. um she made a comment i feel like i don't have a right to have my own problems Mm. and i have in big capital letters in my notes feminist rant here <laughs> because you know there's this this concept of emotional labor mm-hmm. um and that and and this this tends to be um kind of slanted more towards women like we're supposed to help carry everybody else's problems and you right. see this in Ruth you see this with Claire like everybody dumps all their problems on them but they're not supposed to or you know encouraged to talk about their problems themselves and this is like this is such an issue (laughs) you know in our society and 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 with you know intergender communication um so i just i picked up on that and and was like yeah girl i feel you i feel you (laughs) (laughs) and and to your point as progressive as this show here uh, let me say this I didn't, that went way over my head. Like I didn't even fact, you know, factor to me maybe because I'm, I'm a guy, I'm a male. So it's just like, why not? Why would it? Um, but that's kind of one of the things where I feel like as progressive as the show was, if this was made today, I think they would probably be more on that. Right. Yeah. Like that would have been, it would have been something where it just didn't go over, uh, you know, a guy's head like mine, you know? Right. Uh, when Nate meets with, you said, you pronounced her name way better, Anahid? Yeah, Anahid. Anahid. When he meets with her husband to make arrangements. Uh, mm-hmm. are we in the same boat again where, how is Nate working? And it's <sighs> not like he's like stocking shelves, which probably would be great for him right now. Like a warehouse job, right? Just fucking picking up a box, putting it, whatever. How he's meeting with families, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is, I don't know how Rico and David could have looked at him and be like, oh yeah, he's fine to do intakes. Like, are you kidding? Like, no, I'm, no, he's, he's not, he can't, he can't talk to anybody. He's so wound up in his own admittedly very, very upsetting problem. Right. Um, that, but he, he's so wound up in it that he can't, he does not have the bandwidth right now to deal with with someone else's morning and how could he right like he's not supposed to right uh i when i sat and thought about it i was like david's too neurotic and too business minded like for me to buy this like if we're we're gonna go in that same that same line about like how did he afford that house as a man yeah i don't buy that david's like no no go ahead you take you know you take this family there's no way 
Look at you know yeah. Nate's you know they're they're x amount of hours removed from Nate just pacing around drinking and smoking like no you know and then yeah. uh, um, subsequently what we get right I mean Nate basically telling a family to fuck off how awful <laughs> like just so bad all of it um, you mean to tell me you never did that. <laughs> At least twice a week. I will say this. <laughs> I will say this, right? I've had the opposite happen where just because I can't, obviously can't get into specifics, the family thought it was one price. When they came mm. in and we set a final price, a guy literally yeah. walked out right to my face, fuck you, walked out, and we had to do the thing where another funeral home gets involved. And it was a total misunderstanding. But mm. uh, you don't want to hear about misunderstandings at that time, you know. So no. I really, I didn't take it to heart, and it's really nothing I did. It was just, uh, but something like that where I've told a family, no, I've you, you usually <laughs> you usually walk out of the room before that happens, you know. It's kind of like you guys do your thing, I'm out. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like to be in that business, you kind of have to have a certain understanding of people and how they deal with stress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even at, at the at your worst. And again, at your worst, Nate would have excused himself, gone to Dave and Enrico. Can you guys help me out here? You know, there's, there should be no situation where you're, it's not even Nate was like, get the fuck out of my funeral home and watch them leave. Like he basically chased them out while yelling at them the entire time. Yes. <laughs> Free you know. of fucking charge. That's <laughs> worse. <laughs> That's the thing too. Like, if you're gonna tell him to f off, make a little bit of profit from it. Like, oh lord, totally. Um, but it's I mean, like it, uh -huh. there's no possible way he could have screwed that up worse than he actually no, he did. did the absolute, Unless he like peed yes. on them. That, that's, that's the only <laughs> thing. If he had actually peed on them, other than that's that, the, like, there's no way he could have made this work. Yeah, like if I gave you create the scenario where Nate, in the worst possible way, tells a family to fuck off. <laughs> yes, the only thing that would have been better if he just started peeing. Yeah, just whip it out and go, dude. Like, <laughs> just. <laughs> but I mean, even even when he goes downstairs to tell David and Rico, and then you know they kind of both their ears perk up when he says free of charge and all that. How are they then not there? You know, just a, a conversation or just a a, a four line discussion of you know, hey. Nate can't work with families. Yes. You know, right there should have been like that. Nope. And obviously, right. This is when Nate goes AWOL for the, not AWOL, but, um, you know, he starts going on a bender of sorts. Like we could call it. Uh, he heads to the bar. Yeah. Although the, before that, like, I want to go back to that scene with, 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 uh, David and, and mm -hmm. Rico for a minute. Um, first of all, Rico was so lying to David because David starts off like venting about Keith, right? Yes. And, yes. and Keith, and, and I'm sorry, David's like, oh, Enrico, do you ever feel like you're going to lose your entire sense of self because of your partner? And you see Rico's face and he's like, um, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like most awkward. And Rico and, has that. Rico has that, that machismo in him because it happened earlier, yeah. earlier. It happens when it, whenever it gets to these kind of discussions. Rico, you know, he's always... Uh, that's what it was when, when David, um, excuse me, Nate was how many times a week do you and your wife have sex? And Nate's like mm. four or five times a day at least, you know, and you know, damn well, Rico's lying, you know? Oh, sure. So he has of course that in he him. is. Of course he is. And then, then Nate comes in. And the other thing I think that's interesting about this, this Nate conversation that he has with the other two guys is 
he knows that he fucked up because he starts off by trying to act like it wasn't him. Like, oh, no, the priest wanted him to have an Armenian uh, place do it. And it's just like, wow. So you know you did bad. You know it. And you're going to try to cover your track. All right. All right, boy. Yeah. I got it. And I'll tell you what, though. Even the way he walks in, like, in the most ham-fisted way, he just comes in and tries to stop the embalming by just ripping the embalming tube out. Oh, my God. Out. Yeah. Like, usually it's like, hey, guys, uh, you know, finish up. You know, any like kind of like you said, any which way how to stop this embalming except the way he did it. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, you know, totally. But I, I guess I'm like, how are they not picking up on this? And I guess they sort of are when he comes in and they're like, whoa, 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 what are you doing, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Right. So like, so here's, here's a biz question. All right. From somebody who knows nothing about any of this other than what I've seen and listened to you. Um, so if, if someone does need to stop embalming part way for some reason, is there like a right or a wrong way? Like, is that a problem? Like what, what happens? I mean, in, in any scenario or something like this, you wouldn't stop. I'm, I'm, Rico is injecting here, and that's kind of like the first half of embalming. He's injecting the embalming fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wouldn't just stop and close up shop, like out of just professional courtesy. Even if it is going to another place, you would finish the embalming, and like that, the other place would charge the family, and you would get like you know the money would get rerouted to you for what they did. At this point, was which was just a removal, you know, bringing it from mm-hmm. the place of death to the funeral home and the embalming. Um, I, I, I really can't picture a scenario where we stopped mid embalming and just left it. You know, mm. there's no, mm. there's no, um, I guess while we're on the topic, because the only reason why sometimes we do a quote unquote half embalming, uh, I'm, I'm going down my own, my own, uh, rant here. Uh, when you donate your body to anatom, uh, science, mm-hmm. right? What they call is basically, it's, it's just called arterial embalming. So you, Get embalmed. Uh, okay, now I'm trying to really piece this all together. So after you're embalmed, you know, after your your arteries are injected and you're quote unquote embalmed, you usually do an aspiration, which is like this like this long hollow tip, and you kind of what you're doing is essentially piercing the organs to get yeah. any of the fluids out of there, and more importantly, the gas. Right. Uh, when you donate your body to medical science. You do you do everything except the aspirating because they want to keep all your organs intact, so you know they can do whatever they need to do. Sure. Uh, so that's the only time there would be like sort of a half embalming. Um, uh, can't say I've ever come across where, <laughs> you know, you literally just stopped mid mid embalming. You know. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, good information. Thank you. <laughs> I was very curious after that scene. Got it. All right. Um, we, I guess we could move to Nate at the bar. Yeah, uh, I didn't catch this my first time around, but the matches guy is there in the beginning. Yes. Did you, oh, you did see that. Okay. I did. Yeah. Well, I watched, I, I noticed it this time. Okay. Um, because this is like my third time watching yeah, this episode. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, oh no, no, it's fine. And I was like, oh wait, that's that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here we could sort of have Nate, uh kind of i mean your typical go to a bar and pick up a woman right like sort of sort of deal and i mean this woman i i do you remember her name did she have a name did they give her a i don't name? think she even had a name i just have her in my notes as skeezy chick <laughs> so nate goes to skeezy's house and um 
I mean, I guess what adds the the saddest element to it is, is the sun, right? Yeah. Oh, oh. it's just all. I, I mean, while it's really, you know, the 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 percentage of sad goes to goes to the sun and everything. Even Nate doesn't even look like he wants to do this, right? No. Like just that look of like, Bleh. I mean, because he's he's out of it, but he's not that out of it that he wouldn't at least notice. He's out of it enough that he decides he doesn't care, but that's obviously not true because you can see on his face that he's uncomfortable. Yeah. And then um, Skeezy Chick <laughs> proceeds to strip in the least sexy way possible. <laughs> Oh my god, is that so unsexy? And then Nate's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. And he starts stripping too. Oh, and thank god. god they cut it there because I don't think I could have taken it anymore. I, oh my god, no way. Uh, I have I have the episode on now and, and I, I don't want to say like this is... Man, how do I say this without sounding so judgmental? Uh, Skeezy is drinking wine at the bar in this total like rocker man bar because i mean yeah you know do you get what i'm saying that she's drinking wine and this kind of or i feel like all they have is budweiser and like bud light and coors light yeah oh um, and you know that's wine out of a box because they- <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh this this next day uh george comes in and tries to talk to nate uh, <laughs> kind of the same thing we're saying with, with David and Rico of how they're not reading the situation better. Um, I, I guess two things. At where Nate is at, right? Could anyone even help Nate? Like, no. There's nothing. Like, he kind of has to go through what he's going through. Maybe in a less self-inflicting way, right? Um, maybe a therapist, but certainly not like a family member or yeah, even yeah, a yeah. friend. Like no, they they they're just nobody's going to be equipped to, to deal with the level that of stress that he's under. Yeah, like I feel I feel like he just has to go through this you know, he kind of has to sink so low so he can pick himself up. And again, as we're talking, we're still at the point he doesn't even know. Like she could have left him, she could have she could, you know, um, but I, I mean, even when George is here and uh, did you get the vibe he was trying to, to be like a father figure here? Knowing yes. fully he did, but here's the thing yes. though, like he, I'm assuming George knows at however old he is, he knows he can't just come into the room and just pretend he's Nate's father. Right. I mean, no, I don't think he does know that. <laughs> I really don't. I think that lunch, like he just does <laughs> He's one of those guys, he's been a professor all his life. He's used to being an authority and, you know, the the one who's taking the youth by the hand and leading them, or at least that's how he envisions it. Right. Um, and he's obviously not nearly as good at that <laughs> as he thinks he is. Right, right. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I have in my notes here that, that, that I... In, in this scenario, I actually agree with Nate. And it's pretty rare for me to agree with Nate because, frankly, I don't like the dude. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I actually really agree with him because, like, you know, George has been around for six freaking weeks and he's going to start playing both dad and armchair psychologist. Like, yeah. get bent. No way. You know, so I'm like, yeah, you know, Nate, I think you were right to throw him out. <laughs> I feel, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, totally, especially coming from from the angle that he is at. 
I feel like all you could probably, like if I'm George, right? The only thing you could probably say to Nate is try to have a beer with him and just be like, you know what? I'm here if you want to talk. Right. Even that though is kind of like, I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) Like, why would I want to talk? But I feel like if you, if you insist on doing something, you know, or it's presumptuous either way, but at least that's a little more hands off. Yeah. Yeah. Like extend the offer and wait for them to take it. Don't like foist yourself on them. (laughs) Uh, and, and again, I, I'm I'm skipping, and we're we're gonna go back, but just to stick with Nate for a second, uh, okay. uh, Ruth come um, the the scene with Ruth and Nate, which is uh, rather oh, ra- yeah, rather <laughs> ra- rather hard to watch. Um, Nate essentially, uh, I don't have it exactly what starts this. Uh, is it Ruth asking if Nate's okay with it? Um. I just have here that Nate did, is ripping you know, into Ruth about marrying George. Yeah, I I don't I don't actually didn't note down what starts it either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the mostly the, the the thing is is Nate telling her that marrying George is a mistake. Right. Um, yeah, uh, I have here that it, it was Nate was being rather reflective because he kind of. Mm. Um, but I think I mean this this kind of goes back though to what I was saying earlier about emotional labor. Like here he is. He's dumping all this on his mom and making all his problems her fault. Right. You know, and she's supposed to just suck it up and be like, oh, yes, you're right. You know, that's what he wants. He wants he wants somebody to just, you know, tell him, oh, that's that's true. None of none of this is your fault because he's feeling intensely guilty. Right. And Ruth, you know, bless her for once she stands up for herself. And, you know, and is like, no, no, I'm I'm not. That's you know your choices uh my son um and another thing i thought that was really interesting that came out of that fight was nate saying no one in this fucking family can ever say what they really mean i feel like that should be the tagline to this series it should be six feet under (laughs) no one ever says what they mean because it's so true it is, but it, you know, I feel like actually Claire does say what she means, and fa- but nobody yeah. listens to her. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, but that's kind of like Claire. I mean, even her age, right? Like she kind right. of is the family afterthought. You know, mm-hmm. this poor girl, what she had just went through, no one in her family knows. <laughs> right? You know, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's hard because I mean, poor Ruth is. It feels so weird saying this. She's at her happiest moment currently in her life, right? I guess after her marriage with Nathaniel. And here she is fighting with her son, who's probably at the worst point of his life, you know? Yeah. Just the two. You're not going to get a rational argument, you know? You're going to get this. Um, and and I hate that, that he says to her that she's refusing to help him. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like... In, in what way? And she even says that. Like, yeah. how, how can I how help can you? I? Like, there's there's absolutely no way that anyone can help him, as yeah. we discussed. And yet he's somehow acting like that's a fault on her part. Yeah. But I, I think it just goes to there's no, like, Nate isn't being rational, you know? No. Like, that's just, he's just up. He sees no problem with being up at, you know, 3, 4 a.m., drinking pacing and smoking you know um Mm -hmm. like yeah she's right how could anyone help him even we just said it we just had the conversation what 10 minutes ago how how could anyone help him uh to go back to nate being at the bar 
after he talks to the, the skeezy, uh, it cuts to Brenda meditating. Uh, and th- that's something as this episode, kind of as this season closes of what, where different points they are in their lives from season open to season end. Yeah. You know. Oh, Nate- boy, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I guess we could start... Um, Quick with the the Brenda uh, Brenda and Joe storyline. Oh, and forgive me. What's this guy's name? I know he's great looking. I know he's Joe on the. This is Justin Thoreau. Yeah, I yes. think that's right. And yeah, he is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have hopped that like you know a runaway train. I just yeah, definitely. No, good looking man. Um, their, their, their first conversation when they meet, obviously he's playing, uh, I believe it's a French horn. Yeah. Um, Although mm -hmm. a, a, a bit of trivia for you here. My, my stepfather is actually a brass player and actual real horn players hate it to be called French horn. They just like to call it horn. Just horn. (laughs) Just horn. But there is a distinction. Yeah. Like between a regular horn and a French horn. No, it's just French horn is the name that people who don't play it call it. <laughs> okay. Or so I've been told by horn players. <laughs> right, right. I don't right. know. Okay. Well, it's good so. to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, their their conversation when they first talk. Oh, boy. Super awkward, right? So awkward. <laughs> so awkward. Uh, it's like, uh-huh. she's, she's like, I'm not going to have sex with you. And yeah. it's just like... Wow. Okay. That, and I don't understand how to Joe that didn't send up like all the red flags in the world. Like, I, run, I, I literally run. was just going to, I literally was just going to say if someone ever <laughs> said that to me, cause that comes from a state of multiple one night stands or first date sex, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, if I said to you, like, I'm not going to kill you tonight, Joe, Jill. It's like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> Like, it's coming from a state of, yeah, and I guess we know what Brenda's story is, so we get sort right. of where she's coming from. And um, it's basically coming from exactly where he would fear it was coming from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, that makes sense right, then. Right. Oh, God. Uh, th- their conversation, right? Um, it's funny that, and again, I, I got help with some of this. Because if you notice where they're standing, right? Mm-hmm. You have Brenda is literally in the middle of the yard. And she's being kind mm-hmm. of as open and, and as bare as possible. You know, like really being so honest, I'm not going to have sex with you. You know, like really just putting it all out there. And, and and Joe is sort of, you know, behind like his door. And even when he comes out, he's kind of holding that just a horn. Uh, yeah, he's holding him. almost like armor. And he's, like yeah, and he's like guarded. Him. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I thought that was really like, that was good. Uh, what, what word am I looking for here? Not acting, symbolism, mm-hmm. could I say? Yeah. Um, I thought I thought that was really good between the two of them. Um, I don't have anything on them until their date. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of have it. <laughs> um, I liked, I thought it was kind of adorable that he kissed her on her forehead. Yeah. Kind of like acknowledging, you know, maybe he is picking up on something that had, you know, gone on, whatever had gone on with Brenda. 
Um, well, I think it's I think it's more than that. I think he's trying not to push her. Right. Like right. he knows something. Of course. Something is up. Yeah. Obviously, and and he's being a really decent dude, which he you know is. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. actually really like Joe. Yeah. He's one of the few characters on on this show that I can unreservedly say I really like that dude. <laughs> like I'd hang out with him. He's yeah. so nice. Um. But, you know, mm-hmm. another thing that, that happens a little earlier with them is he's feeding stray cats, yes. which I thought was interesting. Yes. Um, so he picks up damaged things and tries to heal them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> <laughs> he knows nothing yet. Um, that's a great point about, about the a cats thing. I didn't even connect that. Um, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong and just give me a yes or no here because... While I've watched the show, some of it is still Joe gets completely shitted on, right? In season four yes. by Brenda. He does, right? Like this yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. I thought we generally avoided spoilers, so I wasn't I, I gonna wa- say anything about it. But since you asked <laughs> Yeah. I was until I realized this show's seventeen years old, so it's like, yeah, maybe people have yeah. a fair enough time. That's <laughs> that's true. That's very, very true. Uh, I, I guess I guess until the, the episode actually closes out, do you have anything else on on uh, Brenda and Joe? Just because I, I I really didn't have much besides that because I believe after their date, that's the end of their you know obviously that's up the, until end the end of them the together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do have another another thought about Brenda when we get to the end. end yeah, yeah, but we're not up to that yet. Yeah. Uh, on on David and Keith, we we sort of get. Uh, you know the the return of Nathaniel, who's been away for God most of the season, of to my memory. Um, and Nathaniel, I love that he shows up to everyone, and he yeah. has, and he's completely different with everyone. Do you know how hard that is of an actor? Yeah. Like with all, what are we here? Uh, David, Key, uh, David, Nate, Ruth, and Claire. So he shows up four different way, you know, and with everyone yeah. is completely different. That's amazing, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, and I called that out in my notes too, actually. Oh, that he he just shows up so different. That he, yeah, that he's yeah. really different, and that you know specifically in the scene with David, where right. he's you know he's telling David to call Keith, and yeah. um, and then he actually Nathaniel sounds almost gay at one point, <laughs> teasing David for being a slut. You know, <laughs> yeah. like that's so the kind of thing that like you know gay buddies do like oh you slut yeah. you know like <laughs> and i i loved that i was yeah. like that's so funny because he would never say that to claire he would never say right, that right, to, right. to nate you know so to hear that from you know the david lens yeah i just i just loved that moment i mean i, I guess what's funny and or sad about it is if he was alive they certainly wouldn't be like that no but their 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 conversation at the church um, I, I kind of had the same thing where, uh, you know, David is sitting with the stained glass behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still glass, but you know, it's like see-through, a little cloudy. <laughs> Keith just has a blank white wall behind him, but he has like kind of like this shadow of the stained glass. Like you know, there's. I just feel mm-hmm. like, uh, I mean, how many times have we done this on the show already? This break up and get back together with them. Uh, one of my oh. guests, one of my guests said it great. Of these guys, they don't since day one. They don't they they don't belong together. But no. we're still here doing this. I thought there was more to this get this 
uh, what do you call it if it, when a couple gets back together? The re-up, not a re-up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call it? It's a breakup, a makeup, a makeup. Breakups to makeups. I like re-up. It feels like putting <laughs> coins in. <laughs> I hear a little ka-ching noise. <laughs> if only relationships right. work that easily. <laughs> put a few coins in. Um, I don't know. What, what did you, I don't know. To me, I just can't believe you know, we're we're, in, we're an episode later of this major breakup, and they're totally just back to normal. Uh, anything Not on their their quite. conversation and their, you know, makeup and all that? Yeah, I don't think they're quite back to normal. Um, I, I think that they both kind of are 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 starting to see their own parts in the drama that mm-hmm. that, that played out, and you know, regretting some of it. Um, but you know, it's kind of funny. Their relationship is really interesting to me. And, I, and not too long ago, um, when I was doing my pounding through episodes, mm-hmm. uh, of, of six feet under, and I was talking to, to Neil about it and I was like, you know, I, I love Keith, Keith and I is... love David yeah. and, and, and Neil was like, yes, I love them too, but I don't love them together. Exactly. Like, exactly. yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Like yeah. they just. They're both so great, and they just they they really shouldn't be together. <laughs> <laughs> and and, it, and it's sad to say because I mean, when you said I love Keith, I was with you, and then you also said you love David. I love David in a certain way. I love Keith in in like I, I've said it since I started the podcast. Like Keith is a rock. He's so. But then I'm thinking about like last the last episode too, where. Keith is just so tone, I guess tone deaf, uh, and just totally shitting on 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 uh, David. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, yes, the, the end point being, yes, they just don't seem like they belong together. And I feel like we're in this never ending cycle of breakup, yeah. makeup, breakup, makeup. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is realistic. I mean, yeah, people yeah. do that. Yeah. Totally. You know. And and it's it's pretty much always a bad idea. Like maybe maybe getting back together once if you both learn. But like when you get into the cycle of the breakup and makeup and breakup and makeup, it's like obviously no one's going to learn from this. Right, right. <laughs> this is the someone is going to have to to let me, make the final mm-hmm. call here. Let me go back to what you said, where you you said you you don't think they're back fully yet. See, I was with you up until uh, when they are when they're. Uh, they're at the wedding, right? And I know I'm fast forwarding yes. here, but they're at the wedding and they like start to bicker at each other. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I believe David starts laughing first. I feel yes. like that was them like back to, okay, like you said, we both know where we're at here. Um, that, 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 I guess that in my head just set off, they are back to like in couple mode. Um, but you, even even at, at episode end, you just have them as easing back into it. Like they're still in that soft space space to you. Yeah. Well, yes. And actually, I interpreted the laugh completely differently than you just did. Wow. Okay. To me, if they were really back exactly to where they had been three days prior, there would not have been a laugh. It would have oh, escalated right. would have into bloodshed. a giant fight. Right, right. So the fact that they did laugh and were able to kind of recognize, 
Yeah, the, so they were they were able to take a step back and realize that this was the pattern. Yeah, to me shows that they were learning a little bit. Gotcha. And gotcha. not quite just falling right back into the same place that they gotcha. were. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Uh, I guess we can move to Rico. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> Thus begins one of my least favorite storylines. It makes me so mad. But go ahead. You know, it's fun. There, there's, there's two. I have, I have a, a question for you. I guess let me start here. Uh, uh, Rico is essentially getting shitted on at home. Well, let me say this. Uh, when people talk about this show, I've, I'm always surprised at the backlash at Rico. Mm. I kind of always just was like, ah, eh, Rico's kind of a dick, but the same way Nate's a dick and, you know, go on and, and so forth and so forth. Um, do you think his current home life situation sucks? I do think it sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, they make it pretty clear that Angie is sponging. Uh, you know, that yeah. there's that scene where she is wearing his shirt yeah. and she acts like yeah. he shouldn't care. Like, that. that's obviously the writers being like, Look, she's just helping herself to whatever. Like that's not cool. That's not cool. And then of course she has to do like a little racist like bow. <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. like a, oh, it was like you know I wouldn't want to live with her either. I, I get that. Um, but the way Rico then handles this right. is where I run into problems. <laughs> well, let me. I'm just gonna rewind for a second. The same way I kind of talked myself into George and Ruth. I'm okay with them getting married. I'm not okay with them expecting everyone to be here. Uh, yeah. Part of me is kind of like, you know what? If that's how she's going to live in her, you know, and Halika is gonna live in his house and be like that. Mm-hmm. That sucks and everything, right? There's no one that won't say, "God, that's that's so shitty and everything." But to not have your wife, now again, your wife, stick up for you. Mm-hmm. That's where I was like, oh, that's cold. That, that's your wife right there. And it's pretty, like you said, it's pretty blatant. You know, she might as well be wearing devil horns of what she's doing. For, for her not to stick up for Rico or be with Rico there, that's what I was kind of like, ah. Obviously, it does not, there's no rationalizing what Rico ends up doing. Uh, so Rico goes dancing with himself, right? And one of the... Did you think that this guy was hitting on him? When he I was him? not sure the first time <laughs> I watched this. Because that guy definitely seemed a little... Um, uh, in my head. Yeah, yeah. In my head, I kind of had it like, oh, Rico gets hit on. When I first started, I was like, oh, that's right. He gets hit on by a guy. They are at a bar and he kind of like lashes out. And that's how he ends up at a strip club. But no, this guy no. is like straight to the strip club with Rico. Yeah, um, <laughs> and and I I just I was a little surprised because yeah. I don't know it's like the way the guy did the role it just did not seem especially yeah, yeah. straight. What can I say? Yeah, and just to ask a total a uh, friend, kind of like the, the the situation they're in where they're dancing. I I you know what too though I guess the, he's seen them there with with Vanessa, so maybe I get it. Uh, yeah, but here we get the introduction to Infinity and Sophia. Right. Uh, I my question was going to be to you is why the attraction from Sophia to Rico, and I say that saying uh, I'm not a guy who frequents strip clubs, but it's like a known thing. Like if you're that guy who leaves a strip club thinking she liked you, like that's the point of it. Yeah. What we end up, I guess we have to sort of factor in what happens later in the in the in the show that they kind of have this. Would you call it a sugar daddy situation? 
Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. She's she's milking him for all <laughs> he's worth. And uh, how did she detect that? I guess what I'm. I guess I guess to to, to just to the scene. Oh, he, are you kidding? I, he walked in with sucker written with all over him. Uh, <laughs> he looks so innocent, and he's sitting there wide eyed, staring at the bouncing boobies in front of his face, like he was prime for a mark prime wow i see i i didn't i was just I, to me i have here cooked up storyline they just they had to make rico go down here and how they're gonna do it because i'm i'm looking at it as if like you know how many times you just hear that story oh the stripper she loved me and everything and it's totally it's the point of it mm-hmm. you're saying he just walked in with i'm ready to get taken for a ride I mean, he didn't know that he was. But no, no, he didn't yeah. know, but he might as well have, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you know, it was a big, might as well have been a, a neon sign, you know, <laughs> with his pointing at his wallet. Yeah. Wow, and she, and she just had that great of a, a detection to pick up on it. I didn't even... You didn't need much. I mean, <laughs> when I was watching this the first time, even, you know, before I knew what happens later in their storyline, whatever, and I saw him sitting there with big, wide, open <laughs> eyes. Like, there's this shot that's directly on his face with him with this idiot grin, like, right. staring at the boobies. And I was just like, oh, crap. He's gonna, <laughs> he's Someone's going to suck him right in for all he's dry, you know, and suck him dry yeah. for all he's worth. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's yeah. <laughs> right. I saw it. <laughs> and I guess he has no idea what he's in store for because uh, he drives her home or, or whatever. However, they end up in the car. Um, sexual favors. Ruth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruth. Rico does. Oh, God. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Freudian slip. And um... <laughs> bad place. Bad place. Did not like that mental image. <laughs> Yeah, and Rico has no idea how to handle it. Um, he yeah. tries to give her money, which, you know, eventually that's what she's going to want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she has to refuse it now because if she takes it now, then as far as he's concerned, the transaction is it. over. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know? I totally skipped over a whole part and we're going to revert back there. I'm sorry because I went yes. from Nathaniel Street to Keith. Um oh, Claire, the way Nathaniel shows up to Claire, uh, Claire heads to the cemetery to visit the grave of Nathaniel, and I kind of like how they did this, where he just sort of runs into her. <laughs> at well, the before that happens, I actually thought this was really super interesting, the way they shot this. Okay. All right. So right before she sees Nathaniel, she's, she's wandering all around the graveyard. Right she's looking for uh-huh. something, and then a little girl with a red balloon crosses in front of her. It cross Did you notice promotion. that? Right. And that, I think, is when she stops being in the actual real graveyard and goes into basically the death carnival. That's what I was thinking of it as. Yeah. Because otherwise, why would there be a girl with a balloon? Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and I thought that was a really nice touch to to show where we suddenly slipped into fantasy. Yeah. So that was pretty neat. And then, you know, she turns around and there's nathaniel in like vacation wear <laughs> i mean he looks like he he needs a what do they call that when you get off the plane in hawaii they throw a lay yeah they throw a lay over totally what he needs right mm-hmm. now um, yeah you know it's so odd i pause it here and there while we're talking 
you were describing it exactly as it happened on the screen. As soon as you said red balloon, <laughs> that girl walked past. I swear. So odd. Uh, I didn't even pick up on that. And that is a great little touch to like, that's how you know you're in, in whatever land they are now. Um, right. But I love Nathaniel here. Um, you know, what we always forget is Claire, Like you know, like we spoke earlier, Claire's the afterthought of the family. And like the rest of them, she hasn't properly grieved for her father. You know, it's, no. just, it's almost been an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a callback to season, the season two opener. Because Claire is like, you know, how's death? And Nathaniel says, he mentions he joined a chess team. Yeah. In the season, I just realized how funny that is. Uh, just hearing it in the season two, season two opener, uh, Nathaniel is learning, trying to learn how to play Chinese checkers. Mm-hmm. So like, there's sort of like you know a, a progression of death. I like, um, you know, working being working where I do, you kind of get to see how different cultures view death differently. Uh, we're in America and, you know, we kind of have a standard way to look at it, but other countries, they do it way different, right? Yeah. Um, I like that this could kind of be like one view of a different culture, like where death is a carnival, you know, it's, a, it's, we actually, ha- we throw a legit party, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we finally get to see Gabe. Yeah. And that's some closure, right? Because this is the first time we've learned that we are presumed that he's dead. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. we have to remember, though, that this is from Claire's point, point of, of view. view. Right. She right. doesn't actually know if Gabe's dead, but for her, at this point, he I might guess as he well is, be. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? That's a good point. Um, it, it's, you know, it's tempting to, to be like, well, that means he's dead, but... I don't think it does mean that because this is really, you know, there's, there's a line that, that George, uh, George, <laughs> now it's my turn to screw up the name um, that Nathaniel says to her later, um, you know, the, where he's like, well, I don't know, this, this is your, your thing. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like everything that she's seeing yeah. is, is coming from her. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it, it was really interesting to see Gabe here and I, you know, you never got to talk to me about the earlier episodes, but I hated Gabe with a passion because I knew that kid growing up. You know? <laughs> I think we all did. I think we oh all my knew God. that kid. Yeah. I dated at least one of those kids. <laughs> and so watching him and like feeling like he's not that great shit and watching Claire just t- tie herself in knots over him. Yeah. Oh, it drove me crazy. So this was the first time I got to see Gabe Demas where I didn't want to murder him. <laughs> <laughs> and and he is rather rather I don't want I don't I don't want to say nice. Nice isn't the word. Pleasant, I guess. With with, with Claire here. Yeah. Um Yeah. He seems very centered. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Like he like he gets it after everything yeah. that he put her through and everything he's done, he probably put all his family and friends through um like yeah he kind of gets it and he's he's accepting of it um just in case uh obviously you we see that his uh, his little brother is there who shot himself 
uh, earlier in season one. Oh, I didn't catch that that's who that was. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, that that's... makes so much sense. Yeah, oh, and that's goodness. why he's kind of like, and it leads to my other point where he's like, hey, I got to use the bathroom. You know, we got to go. Which, if I'm in heaven, right? Or I, I know this is all Claire's whole dream, and let's assume this is not hell, right? Um, right. This is death at afterlife. I feel like your bathroom responsibilities are gone. Like, that's just <laughs> part of it, right? Like, you don't. Know, you you only get to eat. You're never actually hungry, like you. Yeah. You know, and you just you probably never have to go to the bathroom. Um, well, I mean, I think in in Claire's brain, they had there had to be some reason why he had to go. Otherwise, right, right, they would have right. stayed there forever. Yeah. So, I think I think that's what it was. Yeah. And I don't want to miss my chance here. I have another capital letters feminist rant. Okay, go ahead. Okay, all right. So Claire says to Gabe at one point. I wish I could have helped you more. Mm. Mm. And that that line bothered me because, again, we, we get into the whole thing about emotional labor. And in this case, specifically fixing our male companions. Yeah. Like we as women. And this isn't this isn't even necessarily something that's consciously put upon us. But we we tend to feel as women that when we're with these damaged men. It's our job to somehow fix them and make them better so that they can be happy. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know what? That isn't our job. That's their job. <laughs> no one can fix themselves but them. <laughs> uh, when we move, we move from here that Claire heads into a mausoleum and finds Lisa. Now, understanding you're saying that at least Gabe to her is dead. Well, yes. he may not. He may still be alive, but to her, she's made. Uh, now that Lisa's here, I kind of have here. Is Claire the first one to know Lisa's dead? At least Claire is the first one to accept, accept that Lisa's it. dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. She has no information to tell her right. that Lisa's dead. But I mean, at this point, could there really be any other and, answer? Yeah, and, and he, up until you know, kind of the closing moments of the prior episode, Claire and David were the only ones to say, I think Lisa's dead, you know, because yeah. Ruth was holding on and obviously Nate and everything. Um, mm-hmm. And so here we just have, I guess, the first confirmation, at least to Claire, that she believes he's dead. She's dead. Right, right. And then comes an awkward part. <laughs> oh, God. I'll tell you what, I guess it was... Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you uh, uh, say it. Um, the only mo- the thing I have here, and it's from the commentary. So, when when Claire's, I don't even like saying the word, and I was telling Natalie, the the word abortion feels wrong. But Claire's aborted baby. Could I say that? Mm-hmm. Shows up. Yep, you can say it. Abortion I, is not a dirty word. I like, know. But I understand feels, why I you'd I feel know. uncomfortable I couldn't because tell you. I couldn't tell you why. It just it feels. I can like tell you. Those words. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, let's hear more. It's because it's because society likes to treat abortion like it's some dirty, okay, uh, you know, horrible, horrible thing. When really, it's just a choice that women have to make. And fe- you yeah, know. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, uh, you know, destigmatizing abortion is something that we really, really ought to do more of in this country. <laughs> right. Um, because it, you know we've got these toxic opinions around it um and it's a problem so yeah i mean i, I totally get yeah. why okay. it would be hard 
uh, for you to say it, but we shouldn't, we shouldn't be afraid. It's, it's a real thing. It exists. (laughs) Um, and you know, it's a necessary service for a lot of people. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll get kind of deep here and, and say that this part hit me very hard when I first watched this, because I actually, when I was younger, did have an unplanned pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was a single young, young girl and did also have an abortion. Uh-huh. So watching this and watching her struggle with the idea that she had a baby in her and it is now dead was very, very uncomfortable for me, both in good ways and in bad ways. Mm-hmm. Because on one hand, I applaud them for realizing that there are consequences to a big decision like right, that. Right, right. Um, but on the other hand, it also made me a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, it, it's already such a, a difficult thing for so many women. And treating a fetus that you've aborted as a dead baby mm. maybe isn't quite as pro-choice <laughs> a way of looking at it as right, I would right. feel comfortable with. <laughs> So, you know, coming from the point of view as a person who's been through that struggle, um, you know, I I had very mixed feelings about that scene and I left it very uncomfortable. (laughs) Mm, Interesting. It was an uncomfortable scene for me, just just the the subject matter. Yeah. Just the the whole idea of like, kind of like, I guess kind of like you said that the showing of the consequences of it, you know. Um, um, But yeah, I just kind of... um, I don't know. I, I obviously I didn't have as as much as that as you did. Um, <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess I guess uh, any any weird comment. I guess a, a fact I could add to this is on the commentary. Um, Alan Ball said they wanted to superimpose Claire's head on the baby. I'm glad they didn't do that. Well, they scrapped that idea. And he didn't say this, but in my head, I was like, well, there's a freaky Claire baby that shows up later in the show, right? Uh, I might not have gotten that far. Wait, I thought you finished the show. No, I didn't quite finish. Whoa! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, then never mind. But I had had taken a pause because I didn't want to get too far ahead of where you were. Oh, So I had actually slowed down. Uh, so I got, uh, I got, I think most of the way through season four and then, and then decided I would pause and, and let you catch up a little bit. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So, uh, it's not that big of a spoiler. Claire doesn't get okay. pregnant or anything like that. Um, but now I know that there's going to be a freaky baby that I'm going to worry about. <laughs> and I want to know, I don't think there's words to describe how freaky. And again, I'm not. I'm not saying anything wrong here. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that if you haven't seen it. But this idea, they were going to superimpose uh, uh, Claire's Claire's head on this baby. Uh, they went somewhere else with it, and I'm usually for spoilers now. But since you haven't, I won't spoil it for you, and we'll get there one day. I'll just I get mean, an email from you, and it'll just be I'll OMG be like, oh a million times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To to your point. I have had 15 years to watch this, so I can't be too salty. (laughs) You'll see. You'll see. uh, uh, Did you ever see the Garbage Pail Kids movie? 
Uh, I gave that one a miss. <laughs> so you are smart. Um, um, <laughs> I don't I know about that, but at least I was smart enough. Right, right, right. Well, that's that's the best way I could uh, um, um, relate oh boy. to that. Uh, okay. I guess we can move to Ruth and George's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, let me start with an upper right. Uh, how nice does Ruth look? She's so. She looks lovely. <laughs> she she does. really does. She's I so love happy. when her hair is down. It uh-huh. makes her look so much less severe, uh-huh. and you can really see, like, the resemblance between her and Claire, which normally you can't. Well, that's my next. My next. My next line is: I cannot believe, and I've said this so many times, I cannot believe the casting yeah. of Ruth and Claire, who are obviously not real mother and daughter. It's amazing. It's it's amazing. It's one of it has to be like one of history's best casting decisions. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I mean, if you look at Frances Conroy and I think she's Lauren Ambrose. Yeah. It's amazing on the show when they're sitting in the couch uh on the bed, on Ruth's bed. I'm 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 like still amazed by it and I'm seeing the mm-hmm. show how many times. Um It's pretty great. <laughs> no lies. <laughs> their their conversation on the bed do you have anything there um this is sort of i am i'm not half-assing it i just i sort of this is where i started my hurricane prep so i kind of (laughs) have just bits and pieces as opposed to like detailed notes but anything on the conversation on the bed before I mean, I don't chapel. think it was a big scene, so yeah, right. I, I don't I don't think you really need extensive notes. I mean, the most important things, just, you know, Claire gives her those lovely earrings. Right, right, um, right. And it was just such a tender, sweet moment between the two of them in a show where we get precious few tender, yeah. sweet moments yeah. between these characters who ostensibly love each other. <laughs> um so, so yeah, I mean, I, I just, I love that scene. It just really, it made me feel warm inside. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, and I, it's, it's, it's how the show does it where you kind of have to have so many down moments that when you have a moment like this, it really, because we, I mean, we kind of started out the episode saying, look how dark the end of the mm-hmm. season is, but you know, Converse that with how bright that this moment is, you know, just the two of them yeah. sitting there. And we kind of had it an episode or two ago, too, where they're in, they're in bed together, kind of just talking. Right. And, you know, it's just, it's really sweet, the two of them together, you know. Um, mm-hmm. They're, they're, <laughs> their wedding is a uh, Guadalupe chapel. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, uh, look. <sighs> And Claire just starts hysterical crying. Uh, do yeah. you have a reason why? I think it's catharsis. I think it's one of those things like she was practically numb and not feeling like she could express her emotions. Mm-hmm. And so watching her mother get married, she finally has a like the thing, the, 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 the catalyst to make the tears start coming. And once they start she can't make them stop. Right. You right. know, so she's ugly crying and it's like half funny yeah. because it's like such ugly crying. <laughs> right. But right, it's right. also 
really sad because you know where it's coming from. It's coming yeah. from, you know, her sister-in-law missing. It's coming from um, this traumatic pregnancy and, and termination, you know, and it's coming from the fact that she had to repress all these feelings for so long. So, you know, it's both funny and not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, there was one other thing in this scene uh, that I thought was interesting. And, you know, I did warn you that, that I tend to go, off with these feminist uh-huh. things uh-huh. but <laughs> it's fine. Go but ahead. you 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 wanted me on anyway so I, here i yeah, am there you um, go floor is yours i was in i thought it was very interesting comparing george's and ruth's vows hmm. where george was you know saying oh you know i just love you and want to get old with you and you know all the normal boring things and then ruth was saying i want to belong to you right i right. want to be yours so, you know, she, again, is subjugating herself. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's what she feels the role of a wife and mother is, to subvert her own right. self completely and constantly for other people. Yeah. And, you know, I just heard her say that, and I just shook my head. It's like, oh, God, Ruth. Because <laughs> Ruth is one of my favorite characters, and I just really sometimes want to take her and shake her and be like... Can you not? Yeah, like, yeah. You are you and you have a right to be you. You don't have to be, you know, mom slash wife all the damn time. Right. Could I Could I say, and again, it's not defending her or anything. Could I say that she's also coming from the place of she was married. Let's say, I think she turned 60 in an episode was her birthday. Mm-hmm. So if we're right. at 2000, let's make this 2003. So let's say she got, I think she did, she did say she got married when she was 20. Mm-hmm. So if we take off 40 years, so 1960, they got married in 1960. Is that right to say? No, I have my math horrible there. I don't math. So you're asking 60. the wrong person. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's, <laughs> she was born like 1943 if her 60th birthday is 2003. So she got married 1963. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, she's kind of in, I guess I'm saying that was sort of the, the mindset back in 1963, Right. Oh, sure. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is I don't think she's able to, after being married for that long, able to break out of that. Because, I mean, would, right or no? Yeah, I mean, she's a product of, of her environment and right. times, definitely. Right. Definitely. But does that mean that she can't break out of it? No, of course not. Of no. course not. No, she could. I, I've known a lot of, you know, boomer women who yeah, yeah. have... You know, it took them a while, but they figured out how to be their own women and, and, you know, stand on their own two feet, regardless of whether they were in a relationship or not. Right. And I just would love to see that for Ruth. And I think that she was almost heading the right direction uh, yeah. when she was hanging out with um, uh, Kathy Bates' character. I, I, I forget her name. Oh, shit. That's not her name. Ooh. Well, we, <laughs> yeah, her name is shit. That's right. Um, <laughs> well, we both know who we mean. Right. You know, she was inspiring her to really be, yeah. you know, yeah. and enjoy herself and just be. And then she kind of undoes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this subjugating since, since herself to left. George. Ber- that's not Bertha. She looks like a... No, God. Anyway. Yeah, that's uh, going to piss me off now. <laughs> God, uh, uh, there was something you you wrote that, that that was basically her catharsis of of Claire crying. There was this thing on Reddit 
uh, this guy had wrote, my wife cries at absolutely anything. I mean anything. So I started writing down the reasons of why she cries. To me, this was one of the funniest things I ever read and talk about just totally going off. Uh, But it it didn't hit. I knew that's why Ruth uh, Claire was crying, but I couldn't put that into words. Uh, Mm. This here, this guy just has reasons why my wife is crying, right? He just has, she... (laughs) She found out swans can be gay and thought it was really nice. She was hungover and saw a picture of a piglet. I waited it was until it was dark and pretended to be Babadook. The, the fluffy bunny escaped from an Arctic fox in a documentary. There were biscuits. These all sound like perfectly valid reasons to me. <laughs> Listen to this. There were there were biscuits in the house. There were no biscuits in the house. I tried to hold her hand when she wasn't expecting it. She remembered swans can be gay. <laughs> I cooked her dinner after a long day. She watched a video about a dog. Oh, God, I remember reading that. The swans being gay thing is hilarious. Um, I, I cried over a dog food commercial once. So, you know, these are things that happen. Right, and you right. shouldn't make fun of us for oh, it. <laughs> I'm definitely not making fun. I just I love, I love the idea of it. Of, of, of like documenting the reasons because uh-huh. you know if someone had yours it'd be like she saw a dog food commercial <laughs> it was a really good dog food commercial when they are back at the fisher house um again we, we talked about the david and keith having that quick moment uh i like that david and keith we're watching Ruth and George dancing and it's, you know, Ruth didn't approve at beginning of David and Keith. Yeah. And now we have David and Keith where David doesn't approve of Ruth and George. You know, it's just kind of, I didn't think of that. That's a really nice reversal. But you know, like just that, that, yeah. Like where we are three seasons, you know, in the books now, um, you know, now look at David, (laughs) David's grown to start judging other other couples, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, yes. I looked it up. Adjacently is a word. It is. Yes, yes it is. I didn't know that. Also, I look that speaking up. of looking things up, Bettina. Bettina. <laughs> there we go. It was going to drive me nuts. Yes, yes. Bettina. Perfect. <laughs> and this is the last time we see Nathaniel. Well, second to last, excuse me, where he is <laughs> crying uh, you know, when they're celebrating, they're celebrating, you know, in their home. Um, I feel like this is sort of something like, uh, it's hard for us. I guess I kind of going back to what I was saying where Ruth was, you know, she spent the majority of her life married to this man and they didn't sound like he was the best husband. Um, but there's still that love there that first, cause they got married. I think they were right. like both. They were young. Yes. And kind of like that first love. And like, it doesn't matter what Ruth does for the rest of her life. Nathaniel's always there, you know? Um, right. And I, I think this scene also underscores the fact that when we do see Nathaniel, we're not seeing Nathaniel. We're seeing their, yeah. their point of view of Nathaniel. Because Nathaniel and Claire had a conversation at the death carnival where, you know, Claire was like, aren't you mad that she's marrying George? And he's like, no, that's that's you. That's not me. <laughs> right, right. And yet here, he's crying and like won't even look at Ruth. Yeah, he's like, you know, he's like a little, he's like a little boy. 
Like he's just yeah. crying in the corner of a room by himself and, you know, and when and turns away. Yeah. Even yeah. It's really sad. But yeah, that that's Ruth's vision. Uh, that, that's him. Her, like, I guess, sort of. Her guilt. Yeah. She's feeling guilty. Yeah. 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 Um, and I guess and, I guess we could start to close out the episode where. Uh, well, one other thing real quick. Yeah. We also see Arthur, who... <laughs> why so do we see know. Arthur? Why does Arthur exist? I hate Arthur's character <laughs> so much. You know what's so funny? I had, I had uh, Megan Rooney on an episode of the season, and her she wanted to come on solely because she loved, <laughs> she loved Arthur so much. That's so funny. Uh, why is he here? I guess to remind us, right? That, like, we were, we're a few episodes away from Ruth trying to have sex with Arthur. <laughs> and like now she's married <laughs> you know not even like she has a boyfriend um she's married uh i don't know see i i love his extreme quirkiness just sounding like uh, uh being on hold for some corporation where he's just like i think i'll enjoy this in my room <laughs> yeah oh i don't i don't um just odd I can't remember if if this is the last time we see him. No, it isn't. Oh, it isn't. Um, Great. No, because remember, there's the whole thing next season where someone is sending them something in the mail. Oh, right, right, right. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, okay. So it is. I'm not going to be. Yep. I know we aren't trying really to avoid spoilers, but yeah. Okay. There's there's that whole drama, and that's how he actually ends up leaving. Okay. Uh, now we can move to Nate. And I guess it's sort of our, our episode and season ender where Nate gets the phone call that they found Lisa's body through dental records. Um, yeah. the next we sort of see of Nate, he heads to the bar and he confronts a a matches guy. Um, he was fighting someone that night, right? Like, even if it was... Not someone at the oh, bar. Yeah. It would have been someone walking on the way out. Nate was getting... He was going to try and fight, but he more or less was going to get the shit beat out of him that night. That's what he really wanted. He didn't right. want to fight. He yeah. wanted to get the crap yeah. beaten out of him. Yeah. And he succeeded. <laughs> yeah, he definitely did. Uh, Nathaniel egging Nate on to kill him. Well, whatever. However you want to... I guess kill himself, right? Yeah, kill himself. Is pretty darkly humorous <laughs> oh i didn't find it funny at all really oh, but interesting the, but the way he's doing it he's like come on just drive over this fit you know jump off this ramp right here he's doing it in a he's not you know he's not he's not as serious as nate he's he's egging him on the way like if you had a parrot on your shoulder you know um mm. you didn't find it funny at all I mean, I wasn't Why, laughing. Dude. I was, I was like, "Ooh, this is really dark." And Nathaniel is trying to be like comic relief here, um, but you didn't find it funny at all. I didn't. I didn't see it as comic relief. So that's interesting. Um, I just found it. You know, it, it it's interesting because you know we we've talked about the various ways that nathaniel shows up for the different people right and for claire he was so sweet and gentle and sensitive and you know a real a really dad figure you know that goofy dad and then we see him here and he's just aggressive and 
you know, it, it, there, there's something abusive in it. Like, and it, it really, I found it, I found it very uncomfortable. Oh, no, no. And then, it was, it definitely yeah. was uncomfortable. What I'm saying though, is he, he's trying, I guess Nathaniel's trying to be funny, you know, uh, um, Maybe funny is the wrong word, and I'm not going to get the word until we get off. Get off, but go ahead. <laughs> Naturally, go ahead. that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, it just for me, it just got compounded in fucked upness, basically, when yeah. then Lisa shows up yeah. in the backseat, yeah, and is like, "Well, you know, this you you wanted me gone, I'm gone, and and now if you want to join me, you know, yeah, you know how to do it, you know, we can be together forever." Yeah. It's just like, oh my god, this is so dark right now. <laughs> yeah, no, and, he, and I mean, literally, even the scene is dark because they're just in the car and there's just like all you see is kind of headlights and yeah, just all of it, all yeah. of it. Um, and, and he's and he's crying. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. But it sounds like he's going faster and faster. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? And if you kind of think about what if what he's doing at the moment where he's probably driving super fast and drunk again understanding it's a tv show it's probably kind of amazing he didn't kill himself you know just mm-hmm. you know how one you know one person not paying attention and all that you know he would have died uh, yeah. but here what ends up happening is he ends up at Brenda's house and he's you know <laughs> literally bloodied and beaten right um and I guess I kind of, I kind of said it already earlier in the show, earlier in the, the episode, but I mean, it's a total role reversal and it's, it feels like it's at the moment where Brenda has hit her, kind of started her new clean life. And my, I say clean in terms of all of her past and here comes Nate, literally dirty, <laughs> you know, ruining everything just showing up at probably the worst time in Brenda's life. And I mean that because she's in probably such a good state. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And just, yeah. I mean, if you remember the beginning, the way the season started too is Nate was, you know, sort of juggling that married life and, and not knowing what to do. And now I'm a father and all, you know, and he's happily, you know, at the time, quote unquote, happily married. And you had Brenda, who was just gone for a few episodes. And the first time we see her, she's kind of going through her own 12-step program. And she's sort of like, you know, recovering. And <laughs> if you now look at them, you know. Um, and I guess we'll get to the actual, actual final scene after this. Uh, your thoughts on, on Nate showing up? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's my main thought. No. Right, and then right. Brenda lets him in. Right, and I'm just right. like, oh, Brenda. Like, you know, I really disliked Brenda for most of the previous seasons for, you know, pretty obvious reasons. Yeah. And, you know, I was finally starting to come around to her. And then the very fact of seeing them in the same room with him all screwed up and her getting ready to try to fix him. Mm, Here we mm-hmm, go again mm-hmm, with fixing mm-hmm, the men. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, all you're going to do is drag yourself down. <laughs> like you were going in the right direction and now you're not <laughs> yeah uh, so that's my that's my feeling yeah. yeah and and it's funny like you always get the episode to start out with 
this, I forget what it's called, but let's just say when they put the name up, when the date of the year of death, year of birth, year of death. Um, yeah, I just call it a death card. I don't know if that's the right thing to call it or not. That's but what I'm going to start call calling it. it. And that's how our, our season ends with Lisa's death card. Um, yeah. It's so funny how like how much it hit me more as if it, they opened the episode with it. And yeah. I wish I wish I was old enough and I wish I was watching this live because that's the last taste you got of Six Feet Under. And imagine, I, I don't know if it's 2000. Yeah, yeah. So it aired the next year. You had your whole year to just wait for. And the last thing you know of that Lisa's in fact dead, you know. Um, right. Yeah. Talk yeah, about by putting ending. it at the end, it just it feels so much more final. Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know? definitely. Um, yeah, I, I just because the music kind of swells up to this really sad, provoking music too. Uh, it's just like oh, over all of it, yeah. over. And that sort of wraps up our season three and our episode. Um, anything we might have glossed over. Jillian? Uh, not really. I mean, the one thing that I wanted to, to kind of mention, which isn't unique to this episode, but I just always thought was pretty cool, mm-hmm. um, is the use of the fade to white instead of fade to black mm-hmm. like most mm-hmm. shows, mm-hmm. shows use. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. You know, and they do it for the death cards, but then they also just do it for certain scene transitions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there's just, there's so, it's, it's such an interesting choice to have made, and I'm never exactly certain why they choose to do it on some scenes and not others so i was wondering if you had any kind of thoughts on that i don't know but uh uh, um my mind my mind went two different ways one and i spoke about it on an episode before uh uh the hindu culture uh they wear white to their funerals Mm -hmm. because that's that's they're celebrating death and that's sort of their like they wear white because we wear black. It, they're not going opposite of us. It's just the, the cleansing and the pureness of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just sort of thinking that usually white, I'm just thinking of when I'm at the funeral home and everything, white is like the pure, you know, uh, uh, the interior of caskets are mostly white. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kind of like workshop it through my head. Um, and children's <sighs> caskets too, right? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, yes, I'm thinking of any children's casket right now. It's been white. Um, I really don't have anything besides that. Because um, now I'm thinking, too, that, you know, we usually dress men. And we know <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever dressed a man in a white suit. But, we you know, they're usually the dark suits. And families usually wear, you know, black. Um, I don't know. Maybe a finality. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it kind of it kind of makes me think of... Like, you know, how they say when you die, you, you, you see a light you, and right, you move right, into right, the light. Right. And, and I always kind of wondered if it had something to do with that. But then I still don't necessarily get why they choose to do it on certain scenes. Right. Um, we, we could agree. It definitely changes the aesthetic on the show because you're right. Like, very much. There, there's, yeah, there, there, there's something about it. And definitely, and now that you're saying it, it just adds a little bit of a different element to it. Yeah, it's very distinctive. Yeah, I've never yeah, seen any yeah. other show do it. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I never have either. I never even thought about it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I could bring you some new yes, perspectives. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Feel free to edit out any of them that you don't like. No, no, not at all. We're good. We're 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 we're, we're deep into it, but we're good. Uh, anything else then, Jillian? That we glossed over, or any other? Nope. Awesome. Nope, I think that's it. I am on Twitter. I am at digging podcast. Uh, you can listen. Jillian is in an upcoming episode of, and you are are on prior episodes of uh nitpicking the next generation podcast with neil mcgarry who's obviously also been a guest on 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 the podcast as well uh i'm on facebook at digging six feet under and this wraps up it's probably not even going to be a break because i need to barrel straight through season four because of the (laughs) the the accident vacation that i took and we will be back rather soon to discuss season four episode one which i definitely don't have the name uh but jillian thank you so much this was great um yeah we definitely got all we got a lot in here yes we did (laughs) (laughs) i should have warned you that um that yeah when i get going i get going but No, it was great. But thanks so great. much for having me on. I had a great time, and I, I, I really special thank you for being uh, patient with me because you don't know how many emails was. How's Tuesday? How's Wednesday? How's Thursday? Hurricane? Never mind. <laughs> hey, is everything okay? Hey, I got no power. We'll be back soon. Hey, I have power. <laughs> so thank you, thank you for uh, being so patient and, and closing out the season with me. And no problem. Thanks for having me. And you know. Next time, though, I, I would ask you to be more considerate and not have a hurricane. I will try my hardest. My hardest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. Join us on the next episode as we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under. Please search and subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes under Digging Six Feet Under. Fly away.